Welcome into the Laundry Boys podcast. I'm your host, Matt Melander. I got my co-host, Rocky Celebrezzi. This episode is sponsored by Derek at May Team Realtors. For any of you guys that are home buyers out there, buying your first home is always scary. There's a lot of language you don't understand and a lot of different aspects of buying the home that Derek Jewel at May Team Realtors will have you covered. He'll go through the whole process with you and make it easy and seamless. Email Derek Jewel at Derek at MayTeamRealtors.com or on Facebook search Derek Jewel Realtor. Don't make a mistake that can last 30 years. Let May Team Realtors help. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and then pick our final four teams, uh, pick who's going to win, and uh, let's jump right and talk a little bit about the coaching team yeah, changes. changes. So let's jump right into it. Uh, we have the West. We had number one, Gonzaga, versus number five, Creighton. Uh, not much of a game here. Gonzaga wins 83-65. Really liked Gonzaga in this game, and uh, I told you guys last episode I hated Creighton. <laughs> And uh, they came through for me being horrible in this game. Yeah, uh, they never looked good. They never shot the ball well. They never attacked. They couldn't figure out uh, Gonzaga offensively whatsoever. Um, and, yeah, and Gonzaga is just doing what they've been doing all year long, what they're going to continue doing all the rest of the tournament. Um, and, I mean, I think there's a reason that I think we've both said it, that they're our favorite to win the, win the entire thing. Um, they just look very good. Their starting five is unbelievable defensively they lock in offensively they can't miss so yeah I mean handily beating down Creighton in a game that was not fun to watch yeah and you know we thought the Zags would win this game and everybody kind of did and they ended up covering the spread if you're a better so good for you on that if you're able to hit that um we're just going to move on to number six seeded USC facing number seven seeded Oregon in this region I took Oregon and the Ducks and uh, USC made me eat my words in this Pac-12 showdown of course it was the late game and of course USC blows out Oregon 82-68 and this game was never close yeah I think USC is kind of surprising all of us really this year I think there's another Pac-12 team that we'll get to that is surprising us even more uh, but yeah I mean USC I don't think either of us really picked them to do much um, obviously in the round of 32 just blowing out Kansas um, really set a precedent that they came out and they just did again against a Pac-12 rival uh, in Oregon and they came out there um, they did exactly what they did in their first the only matchup they had this year and just beat the brains out of them uh and usc andy infield getting back to an elite eight yeah uh oregon going five of 21 from three point line definitely going to be a killer in a uh, elite eight in a sweet 16 game and uh, usc moves on to the elite eight to face gonzaga and gonzaga ended up winning 85 66 this game was never close gonzaga looked really good in this game and usc just looked outmatched yeah uh finally the run came to an end uh, yeah, Gonzaga doing, I mean, exactly like like we've said, what they've done all tournament. I mean, the only close game that they've even had was that Oklahoma game, and even then, that game was never really that close. Um, it's going to be really hard to beat Gonzaga, I think. Um, obviously, there's only two chances left, but uh, I, I just don't see anybody doing it. No, Drew Timmy looking amazing, as always. Love the handlebar mustache. This guy, you know, never gets old. 10 and 19 from the field. Uh, the Gonzaga offense is killer, and... Uh, they just roll on to their second Final Four in five years, which is pretty amazing for Mark Few and that team. Great season by USC, but the uh, Pac-12 gets eliminated out of the West region. Uh, moving on to the East region, we had number one seeded Michigan taking on number four seeded Florida State. Me and you rocked with Florida State. <laughs> yeah, Boy, were pick. we wrong. Uh, Michigan wins this game 76-58, to and uh, once again, not even close. Michigan absolutely rolled through Florida State and uh, gets 
to the Elite Eight. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that was pretty shocking how bad of a game it really was. Uh, Michigan looked amazing. Uh, and Florida State just didn't look like the team that we had seen all, all year long. I mean, Florida State hasn't been that team uh, that we saw the other day, at least in any games that I've watched all year long in the, during no, ACC play. No, they looked really bad. Yeah, they couldn't shoot the ball well. They Their defense was just horrendous. With, with their length and athleticism is usually something that they do pretty well. But, yeah, uh, Jawan Howard getting to an Elite Eight in his second year. Uh, he was probably robbed of one again last year just due to COVID because that team looked just as good. And this is basically the same team uh, with Hunter Dickinson and a more experienced guard play. Um, but, yeah, their starting five also, kind of like Gonzaga, is just – amazing to watch oh yeah and you know a lot of people weren't expecting Michigan to blow out Florida State like that obviously me and Rocky weren't but uh, Jawan Howard had his squad ready to go and uh, they never really wasn't much of a game I mean they were really just kind of carrying the entire time yeah uh, moving on to the other game in this region the other Sweet 16 matchup was number 11 seed UCLA taking on number two seeded Alabama what a game this was what a thriller I mean UCLA takes a late lead up by three Alabama hits a dagger to take it to overtime all the momentum is with Alabama you think wow they hit that shot they're going to be ready to roll in overtime and they just kind of laid over and died UCLA wins 88 to 78 in overtime they win by 10 yeah uh yeah it's like you said uh, you would have thought after that shot that Alabama hit they have all the momentum going in you think maybe they go on like a four-point run UCLA's kind of out of it but UCLA just came out dominant um, and just never looked back. They were ready for whatever Alabama had to throw at them. And Johnny Juzang didn't even have a good game. No, no, that's his worst game of the tournament by far. Um, and I mean, I think it's interesting coming down the stretch. Um, you know, I'd like, I mean, I don't know what your take on it is, but you know, in that scenario, it's what, six seconds left? You're up three. Do you foul? Uh, you know, if it was NBA, I would say yes. In college, it's hard because you're trusting guys who are less experienced in a situation where if you foul on a three, you give them a chance, and you know Alabama was waiting for that. I, I personally probably would have gone for the foul, um, but it's Mick Cronin decided not to. No, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think I would have gone for the foul as well. I think it's just the better play. But obviously he trusted his defense enough to play it out. Didn't really work. I think it was a very good play drawn up by Nate Oates. Um, and Alabama actually executed it to perfection, basically, to get that to go. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, but I mean, Alabama- UCLA is, a, is just the, is another dream team. I mean, 11, playing in the first four – um, and you're a win away from going to a Final Four. I mean, that's pretty pretty astounding. Yeah, and Alabama's been a live-or-die by the three-team all year, and they died that in that game. They went 7 of 28 from three. They would not take it to the rack, and uh, it ended up costing them a chance to go to the Elite Eight. Um, the Elite Eight matchup, me and Rocky were dead wrong on this one. Um, number one, Michigan taking on number 11, UCLA. Another great game. What's a good game, yeah. All I'm going to say is, Take the ball to the rim. I am so tired of teams and coaches drawing up three-pointers when you're down by one or down by two points at the end of a game. Take the ball to the rim. Jawan Howard drew up a play. It was a wide-open three. He airballs. Airballs a three. He was wide open. I've never seen anything like that. They get the (laughs) offensive rebound, almost score there. They get another chance at it, and they take another three, and then they take another three. Yeah. I just I, I hate it 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 and I'm actually glad they lost because of it because I, I just don't understand it why would you not go to the rim when you're down by one point or down by two points no I agree with you it so doesn't you, make any sense so you're saying you do like the three pointers that they took at the end 
Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so UCLA obviously won this game 51-49 for those of you out there that didn't get to catch it. Uh, UCLA won in a very tight, low, low, low-scoring battle. Sure, yeah, it was uh, – um, for as good of a game as it was, it was ugly. Uh, Very it, was, ugly. it was probably one of the ugliest games of the tournament so far. Right. Um, sorry to any Michigan fans yeah, out there. I uh, just I just can't stand it when coaches do that. Michigan came out in that first half. In the first two segments, they looked amazing. I thought they were about to blow out UCLA. It was like 13 or 14 to 2. Um, and all of a sudden, UCLA just kind of chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And they just, I mean, they they did, um, they talked a little bit about it. But, you know, it's the way that Mick Cronin plays. It's the way he's always played when he was at Cincinnati. It's the way he's going to play at UCLA. It's scrappy basketball. Um, you know, you don't have to shoot it very well. You just have to be physical and you have to play really, really good defense. And that's exactly what UCLA did to win this game. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I don't understand the point of taking a three down one or down two. It doesn't make any sense to me. Just nope. go tie it with, with a layup. Go get fouled. It, you have much better odds than trying to play a hero ball and take these wild threes uh, just because you want to end up on SportsCenter the next morning. Um, I mean, I get it. We all watch SportsCenter growing up. We all want to be on it. But is it really more important than actually trying to win a basketball game? I don't think so. No. I honestly, I still can't believe he airballed that. Yeah. Ball. I mean, that, that was a fantastic look. And I, I think probably nine out of ten times he's at least going to touch a rim and not make it. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe some backboard, just something. But, yeah, an airball there on an open look on a really, really dr- well-drawn-out play by Juwan Howard. Um, Mick Cronin, the 11 seed UCLA, they had to play five games instead of four just like everybody else to get here. And that is absolutely awesome to see um, to see Mick's dad in the stands um, that he hadn't been able to actually see for I think it was like a year they said before I, the I tournament started. Were, I think there were more shots of his dad in the stands than yes. there were of the game. I at, think so too. At times. I mean, it's 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 heart touching. You haven't seen your dad over a year and I, no, he's sitting there I, I watching lo- you go to a final four. I love the shots. I love the shots of him, but it was just a lot. <laughs> they showed a lot of him at the end of the game. They did, yes, uh, more than they would show the bench shots or anything like that. So. Uh, but congratulations to UCLA. Yeah, I'm all on board the Bruins now. And uh, first Final Four since 2008, and they will be taking on Gonzaga in a tough, tough matchup there. Give me UCLA. Uh, moving <laughs> on to the south, we got number one Baylor taking on number five Villanova. Villanova had the lead at halftime in this game. Looked like Jay yeah. Wright had his squad ready, and then Baylor just came out and kind of dominated that second half. Yeah, uh, I mean, watching Villanova through that first half, and even the first segment of the second half, they looked amazing. They came out in the second half and took like a 13 or 14 point lead. They looked really, really good. Um, but I think you kind of saw not having a Colin Gillespie, not having a, your true point guard out there kind of come in um, late in that second half when Baylor just kind of took over. Um, they let their guards do the work. They just kept pounding the ball. Their defense was really, really good. Yeah, uh, in that Davion second half, Mitchell is a monster. Yeah, on the I, defensive I mean, end. Villanova couldn't get a couldn't get an open look to even pass the ball into the post, much less get a shot down there. So. Um, I mean, all credit to Scott Drew and Baylor. Um, they are a phenomenal team. Obviously, I none of I don't think many people project, projected Villanova to get to this point. Uh, if you did, you were psycho. But uh, I mean, shout out to Jay Wright for actually getting Villanova to this point, actually giving them a chance to make the Elite Eight uh, with a pretty depleted roster. Yeah, I was very impressed by Villanova to make it this far, uh, but I, Baylor just kind of overpowered them. Had a horrible shooting effort from the outside, but was still able to get the win, and they won this game 62-51. to Moving on to number three seed, Arkansas versus the Cinderella, number 15, Oral Roberts, and what a game this was. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Abrams gets a shot. Yeah. Abe Miss, how do you say his last name? Admis, 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 Admis. Yeah, it's something like that. There's three seconds left. 
full court inbound, gets it all the way down, shoots it, and it was so close to going in. They lose on a heartbreaker. Arkansas 72, Oral Roberts 70 in this uh, great, great Sweet 16. Yeah. I mean, Oral Roberts just came out of nowhere, and they were just going to try and shock the world. Um, they, they, I thought they should have won. I was, I saw that shot go up, and I, I think I stood up, and my heart skipped a beat. I was, I was hoping it would go in. But, I mean, credit to Arkansas and Eric Musselman. Once again, another second-year head coach. They I feel looked, like that's a thing. You it, need to I, hire somebody, and then on their second year, if they don't make it to a Sweet 16 fire or Elite 8, fire them. Because apparently they're good. Apparently I, this I, is what you need to do. All of a sudden, all these second-year coaches are just phenomenal. It makes no sense. Uh, but, I mean, Arkansas, they, they did look pretty good. I mean, as good of a game, um, or close as it was, I guess, Arkansas didn't look that bad. They shot the ball pretty well, and they played pretty decent defense. Oral Roberts just came to play like they have the rest of the tournament. Uh, Arkansas did not shoot the ball well in this game. I'm not talking from outside. Well, yeah, they went one from nine from the outside. Well, yeah, that's what they, you meant. Well, they don't shoot the three well anyways. Well, they yeah. haven't done that all year. Yeah. That's They're just to get inside and pound the ball. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. Arkansas looked okay in this game. Oral Roberts, I would have loved to see them go to the Elite Eight. I think that would have been a fun matchup against Baylor. Um, and their largest lead was only four points, uh, which is kind of crazy when you think about a three-seed Oral Roberts had a 12-point lead at one point in this game, but a very fun game and one of the best, probably the best Sweet 16 game we had all weekend. Uh, we had number one Baylor versus number three Arkansas in this Elite Eight matchup, and Baylor got out to a very, very hot start, took a pretty massive lead of 18 to 20 points in that first half. Arkansas battled back, battled back, battled back, but they were too, too, uh, I guess down I too many, to say, too down late. too many, too late. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Welcome. And uh, Baylor won 81-72 to 72 to go to the Final Four. Yeah, uh, Baylor once again, another one seed going on their way to a Final Four. Uh, I, there's not much that I think we need to say about this game. It was a very good game. Arkansas just did, did their thing, but Baylor uh, Baylor is an outstanding team defensively. I don't think they get enough credit for how good. I don't, think, I don't even know if the stats really show how well they play defensively. Uh, but they have, just have the ability to bully teams, and I, I feel like they're just so long and athletic. It's just so hard to see. It, seems, it feels like there's more guys than there are out, are actually out on the court at that time. Um, Scott Drew, I think they probably – similar, I think they probably would have gotten to a Final Four last year because that Baylor team was really, really good. Um, obviously, COVID came along, but I am very happy for them. Yeah, I am very happy for them as well, and uh, it's good to see Baylor in a Final Four. Uh, we're going to move on to the Midwest region, our last region. We had number eight-seeded. Loyola Chicago. Wow, I don't know why I said that so weird. Chicago. Loyola Chicago versus number 12 seeded Oregon State. Me and Rocky were all on the sister Jean train. We really thought Loyola Chicago was going to run this region. And boy, were we wrong. What a horrible game this was to watch at the beginning. Uh, very, very low scoring. And Loyola Chicago looked horrible. They never got their offense going. They had chances late to beat Oregon State. Missed open threes. And uh, Oregon State wins it as a 12 seed. 65 to 58, uh, Wayne Tinkle gets his team to the uh, lead eight. Yeah, I mean, an, an Oregon State team that wasn't even in the tournament for a month ago, uh, only getting in by winning the Pac-12 tournament. They were projected dead last in the Pac-12 this this year in the preseason polls, and they're in the lead eight, and it is electric. There was a point in this game where I sat there and I looked at that Oregon State team beating Loyola Chicago, who just beat number one seed Illinois, and I thought to myself. They're just going to go ahead and win the whole thing, aren't they? They're just going to screw right. just screw everybody up and just be like, you know, we'll just win the whole thing while we're here. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the Loyola Chicago looked exactly like Illinois did against the Loyola Chicago. They did not look good at all. Their offense was just a complete mess. No, they came out flat. Yeah, flat. they did not look like they wanted to be there whatsoever. And I'm as good as Loyola Chicago was. I mean, it's all credit to Oregon State. They have come into Indianapolis ready to play. They were here to win games and stay for a couple weeks. They weren't ready to go home after their first round game against Tennessee. And, I mean, I think it's absolutely awesome for their head coach, Wayne Tinkle. Yeah, very cool for Wayne Tinkle uh, to get Oregon State all the way to the Elite Eight. And uh, we're going to move on to the next one. And it was the number 11-seeded Syracuse Orange versus number 2-seeded Houston Cougars. Yuck. And what a horrible game this was Yuck. for Syracuse. Good Lord. Buddy Beheim looked awful. They doubled him all game. One for nine from three. Three from 13 from the field. Syracuse never got their offense going. Their defense was fine, but they gave up a million offensive rebounds to this Houston team, which is known for their offensive rebound. Yep. And a 2-3 zone defense combined with a great team that's able to rebound like Houston is is just a deadly combination. And Houston wins this game 62-46, to and it wasn't really close. No, it's like you said. Syracuse never looked good. They, ne- they were never in this game whatsoever. Uh, Houston never, never led. Even, no, and n- even Houston never even – I don't even think they ever looked that great, if we're going to be honest. No, they I didn't. mean, they didn't – they weren't, like, this outstanding team. I think they're the Houston that we probably thought was coming into this tournament, um, that they weren't – they're pretty much not as good as everybody says they are, although Quentin Grimes is an absolute stud for He's them. He's a monster. He is so good. I cannot believe that he's like a second-round draft pick. I think he should be a first. But, yeah, um, Buddy Beheim with his worst game since middle of February, maybe, almost a month and a half. Um, definitely his worst in the month of March. Uh, and Gerard didn't do much either. So, yeah, Syracuse going home. Their Cinderella story is the 11 seed is over now. And Houston on the Elite Eight against um, Oregon, Oregon State. State. Yeah, and Oregon State, the 12 seed, took on number two seeded Houston. Houston got out to a massive lead in the first half. Looked like they were going to blow Oregon State out of the water. Oregon State makes a massive comeback. Gets it down to two points, but it was never able to get over the hump. And they lose the game 67-61. to Houston moves on to the Final Four. And uh, another one of those games where rebounds were huge. I think Oregon had, Oregon had 41 rebounds, 19 offensive rebounds. That is insane numbers. Yeah. They, and uh, that's what wins in the games. No, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what they've been doing. That's what Kelvin Sampson wants them to do. It's what they do all year. They're going to keep doing it throughout the tournament. I don't know how they do it because it's not like they're extremely tall or lengthy or anything no, like that. No, they just have effort. Yeah, they just they send like all five guys to the offensive glass. And, I mean, it pays off for you, obviously, when you see that happening. You know, you're going to a Final Four. Uh, sadly, obviously, the Cinderella of Oregon State going home. It feels like there could have been a lot of Cinderella stories going into this Final Four. Um, and UCLA is the only one. But Yeah, we get three one. Two one seeds, a two seed, and an 11 seed. We could have had, what, an 11, a 12. 12. Uh, that's pretty much it. Maybe yeah. a six with USC. But, um, yeah, I mean, congratulations to Kelvin Sampson finally beating his tournament woes, getting to a Final Four. I think we both picked two Texas teams in the Final Four, though, granted, it was not these two Texas teams. No, we did teams. not pick these two Texas teams. Yeah, sadly. But um, I think it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah, in the Final Four this weekend, uh, obviously the games are on Saturday. They're actually at a decent time, so that's exciting. Uh, the first game, we'll just start with that one, and me and Rocky will make, will make our breakdown and picks. we got number one Baylor versus number two-seeded Houston. 5-14 tip-off. Why it's 5-14, I have absolutely no idea. So that's not at 7-32? I guess so, but what a weird tip-off. But anyways, um, Rocky, who are you rocking with in this game? 
honestly, I have thought about this a lot because I don't know what to do. I didn't even think Houston would be able to come through to this point. Um, I think Baylor's going to be way too much to handle. Uh, Houston has struggled to score the ball the entire tournament. Um, I don't know that they've even, outside of that first game against Cleveland State, they have not scored more than 67 points, which they just had against Oregon State. Um, they scored in the 60s. There are three games after that Cleveland State win. So I think I'm going to have to take Baylor. I think offensively they're going to be able to shoot it a lot better than they did against um, Villanova and Arkansas, to be realistic. But I don't think Houston just ha- has it in them, especially defensively. I've gone back and forth on this game a lot. I really thought I liked Baylor before. I started looking at the stats and started doing some numbers. I'm actually going to rock with Houston on this one and have Houston make it to the championship game. I love Quentin Grimes. I love the offensive rebounding effort of this team. They can't really shoot very well. <laughs> really bad. But Baylor didn't really shoot really well the last few games either. If Baylor can get into a slump, I think Houston has a huge chance here to win this game because of how well they offensive rebound. So I'm going to rock with the Cougars to make it to the first national championship and I don't know how long. 1984, I believe. 85, 84, 85 is one of those two. Yeah, I'm going to rock with Houston. I'm going to go against you here. Well, good luck. Yeah, I'm not very confident, but I'm going to rock with Houston Yeah, you're going to need Baylor to shoot about 20% for the game. championship (laughs) game. Uh, Moving on, we got number one, Gonzaga versus number 11, UCLA at 834. Another weird tip-off time. And uh, I'll go first here. It's not going to be – I think it will be a close game, but I think Gonzaga is going to win. Uh, I think Johnny Juzang and UCLA Bears, the Golden Bears, and Mick Cronin's of the world. I think you're going back to L.A. The Golden Bears are Cal. Not that, wait, I thought UCLA was a bear. They're the Bruins. They're, you're right. They are yeah, Bruins. Yeah, it's California Golden Bears. Yeah, they have a gold bear now. <laughs> so it looks, you know what, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm speaking the Zags. <laughs> the Zags are going to move on um, and keep their undefeated record going to the championship game. I think there's going to be too much. UCLA's bracket was not as good as Gonzaga's bracket, and uh, I think UCLA and the magical run stops here, and I'm going to take in the Zags to the championship game. Um, I, I love McCronin. I really I do. do. I, re- I want UCLA to move on. There's no chance that they're winning this game. No. Um, I mean, you just struggled mightily against a Michigan team. You won, um, and that was incredible enough. But Johnny Juzang had over half of your points when you scored 51. Yep. If you're going to beat Gonzaga, Johnny, Johnny Juzang scoring half your points, he's going to have to go for 50. Right? Yeah. That is the only chance that they are going to have to beat Gonzaga. Well, and let's be real here. Look at this the way. I mean, UCLA beat Michigan, who is struggling. They beat Alabama, who's a good team. But then they, had, they beat Abilene Christian, who should have never been there in the first place. BYU. And BYU, who I guess gave Gonzaga a run for their money, but – and Michigan State as well. Yeah, I forgot about the playing game, the Michigan playing, State. Yeah. But Gonzaga would have absolutely destroyed Michigan State and oh, well, yeah. take them to overtime. Then, so, I don't know. Maybe UCLA makes it close or makes it interesting. I just don't see them. I, yeah, I, I don't see Gonzaga I, I destroying think them. Gonzaga by 13, 14, 15 points, somewhere in that range. Yeah, the, I don't think the line it, on this game, I think if you are a gambler, I think it's 15. Yeah. 14, so I, that's I, about right. That's, yeah, that's probably what I would – that's probably what I would take it as. I think UCLA might keep it close, scrappy in the first few minutes, but I think Gonzaga's firepower is just going to be way too much for UCLA. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one. Um, I'll start it off. i got Gonzaga versus Houston. I'm taking the Zags. Uh, I really like Gonzaga this year. They're going to complete their undefeated season, which is an incredible feat, especially during COVID. Uh, that's what They're like the fourth, fifth team to do it? What? 
go undefeated. Indiana was the last one. Indiana correct? was the last one, yeah. Anyways, me and Rocky don't have that in front of us. We probably should, but it doesn't matter. Still taking the Zags to go undefeated and uh, win a national championship. Mark Few gets over the hump, and they finally win. Yeah, mine would be Gonzaga and Baylor, the two one-seeds left. I think that would be an incredible game, if we're going to be honest. I think that's probably coming down to the final minutes, maybe two. Uh, I think I'm going to have to stick with you and stick to my original pick before the tournament even started, Mark Few and Gonzaga. Uh, I just think they're way too much. I think they have too many guys. They go way too deep, um, and everybody can score from every different level. And I really just don't see anybody on Baylor shutting down Drew Timmy. Uh, maybe Davion Mitchell, but then who's going to shut down the other four guys they got out there? So uh, I, I'm going to take Gonzaga to win the national championship. Me and Rocky both rocking with the Zags. I know it was a real difficult pick there for us, uh, <laughs> taking the favorites. But really like Gonzaga. And uh, if we are right, we'll send a congratulations over to Mark Few. I know we don't know him, but uh, I wish we did. We'll send out a Twitter message <laughs> or something along those lines, and maybe he'll it'll get his attention. He'll come on the Laundry Boys one day. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the head coaching changes. We just got to have a couple of them for you guys. Just happened today. We had uh, three three today. We had Chris Beard is leaving Texas Tech and moving over to Texas. Yep. Uh, former manager, so really cool for to see a former manager like us. At Texas. That he was at Texas. Go back to the school, his alma mater, and uh, be the head coach. It's very cool. I know a lot of Texas Tech fans may be angry about it, but very cool that he is going back. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can understand why they're upset. You know, he just signed that huge extension after that final national championship run just a couple years ago. Which I still think they should have won. I do agree. I think they should have won that game as well. But regardless, he signed that six- or seven-year contract extension. It was upwards of $4 million a year. Um, So I can understand where they're being upset. You never want to lose a coach that just took you to a national championship that's consistently taking you deep into tournaments. Uh, But, I mean, I think it's a great hire by Texas – if that's the way, you know, if you want to get back relevant, I think he's probably your best option. You're keeping it, um, you know, in-house realistically. Um, and he knows how to recruit Texas, as obviously he's been doing it for – I don't know how long he's Forever. been there. Yeah, however long he's been at Texas Tech. So, I mean, I think it's a fantastic hire by Texas. Um, as much as I do love Shaka Smart, I think Chris Beard is one of my top – another one of my top coaches that I love. Um and he's awesome to watch, and he always has good teams. So I think it'll be interesting to see what he does there. Hopefully he can make you know Texas a tournament-relevant team again. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a great hire. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic hire for uh, Texas, and I think they'll be back in contention. I mean, they had a great team this year that was yeah. a Final Four-looking squad. Um, and speaking of Texas and their former coach, Shaka Smart leaves Texas to go to Marquette. Um, kind of feels like a force-out move where Texas told him to find another job yep. instead of firing him, and he left and went to Marquette. Because uh, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense if you really think about it. Marquette is not as prestigious yeah. as Texas, probably taking a pay cut to go there as well. Uh, so it just kind of seems like one of those, let's leave on good terms, you go find another job, and we'll go find somebody without having to fire you. Yeah, uh, I think it, yeah, it, it's similar to that line, if I had to guess. Either that or he just saw the writing on the wall before they had a chance to fire him. He just went ahead and left. Right, left. Um, I do think his contract is actually very similar. I don't think he's really taking a pay cut. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, not, Mar- I'm pretty sure Marquette has a pretty decent budget as well. Um, but obviously, you know, it's not as much of a win-now program as Texas would be. Um, yeah, Marquette had a rough year this year. Yeah, they did not look good. In the last couple of years, really, uh, they've only looked good in the regular season. And Marcus um, Howard. Well, yeah, that's fair. 
Um, but oh, well, in the Hauser twins. Oh yeah, yeah I think Gatry. Well, they both left. Both of them left. They both left. Yeah, because okay. remember, uh, Sam was at Virginia and Joey's at Michigan State. That's true. That's yeah, true. you're right. So I, I think it's smart by him. I, realistically, I mean, you're going to the Big East. It's a lesser of a conference. Realistically, um, it'll be interesting. Uh, he's actually from Wisconsin. So, which I did not know. So he's actually going home, pretty much. Did not know Marquette was in Wisconsin. So, uh, it's in fun Milwaukee. fact for me. It's in Milwaukee. Um, yeah. Well, congratulations to him, <laughs> I guess. And uh, <laughs> who is the last? I don't even know what's the third coaching change that you said. Well, there's two more then. Oh well, Roy Williams retired. Yeah, today. Roy Williams did retire. So I mean, I guess it's technically not a coaching change. Well, it hasn't been be, filled. Though. Yeah, but like he, there's a significant coach. You know, one of the greatest coaches of all time stepping down. Is Coach Patino going to North Carolina? No chance. <laughs> I don't know. No Do chance. we want to start the rumor here? Uh, I mean, you can, but there's no way it's happening. Okay, well, we'll throw it in there just for fun. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think he would go there. I just don't see North Carolina going with another. I don't want to say old guy, but somebody who's not going to be around for a while. I mean, realistically, I don't know. Coach B called himself young in his interview. <laughs> well, you know, he did say he was never leaving Iona. Yeah, so, so I, his buyout's huge there too. They'd have to take that down before anybody would even touch him. Yeah, but, but North Carolina has the money. Yeah, that's fair. Jordan School. Um, I think the leading candidate was. Is um, their top assistant, I, Herb Jones, something Jones, I think. I can't think of his name currently, uh, but he's been the like the associate head coach under Roy Williams for like twelve seasons now. There, it's gonna be very weird not seeing Roy on the sidelines. Yes, lines. or Wes Miller could be was the other one. Was the other one? Yeah, which I mean, it's that's a big one. Yeah, we're getting to that point now where we have a lot of older coaches that Hall of Famers that are going to be retiring sooner rather than later uh obviously roy's the first domino to fall but it's gonna be weird when Kay leaves. yeah coach that'll be a weird to, day well, we won't have to be but he will probably be leaving duke soon and then you got bayheim and syracuse will probably be yeah. leaving soon and uh obviously coach patino may retire in the next 10 years he'll die on the court let's be honest he loves it though <laughs> he'll, he'll love, die on the court I before lo- he retires i love seeing him out there though that's probably my favorite thing of the tournament my favorite yep. highlight of the tournament is seeing coach b yep uh who's the last one you said they're DePaul. DePaul got filled today. Um, Tony Stubblefield, who has been an assistant at Oregon. Gotcha. Where's filled DePaul? Where's Moses going? Or Mo, wait, Moser. 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 Porter Moser? Yeah, Porter Moser. I don't know why I called him <laughs> Moses. Porter Moser. Moses. Um, well, he did coach uh, he for was Catholic school, so that's why yeah, From what I Moses. saw earlier, he is one of like two finalists at Oklahoma to replace Lon Kruger. There's the other one. Lon Kruger retired there as well. Go. God, there's a lot that we missed. Yeah, so we had two pretty legendary coaches. Obviously, Lon Kruger not as much, but you know, two retiring within days of each other. But yeah, I did see Porter Moser. Yeah, Porter Moser is the like the the leader to go to Oklahoma. I'm gonna call him Porter Moses. Um, (laughs) Well, it's gonna be a very interesting off season. But I hope you guys enjoy the final four this weekend. Yep. Uh, In Indianapolis, if any of you guys are close, they do have tickets for sale. Stupidly expensive, but I can only imagine. Uh, if you want to go to that, that's something not too far away from Louisville. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week. Uh, Tuesday, hopefully. Yeah, Championship Day is Monday. Yeah. We'll see you guys on Tuesday next week. Make sure you guys are subscribed on Apple, following on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, commenting. Any questions you guys have, any stories you guys want to hear, we'll come back with some more manager stories on Tuesday with some off season things that we used to do. And uh, Yeah, we'll uh, see you next time. Peace.